Monday, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mediascope Brief. My name is Tachi. I talk all about media tech and pop culture. Well, let's get to the news. You probably heard the first two songs that I played. If you are listening on Anchor, the theme to Facts of Life, The Facts of Life, and the theme to Different Strokes. Even though with the Different Strokes one, I kept getting a version that sound like, uh, sounded like ABBA. Anyway, so I played those because unfortunately we have a death. Charlotte Ray, who played Mrs. Garrett on Different Strokes and its spin-off, The Facts of Life, passed away at the age of 92. So of course she's best remembered for those roles, but she got her start in theater and then eventually acted on Broadway. However, it's her work in TV that has made her a household name. Again, best known as Edna Garrett, who was a fiery flame-haired housekeeper to three children on different strokes. And then the spinoff, she continued that same role on The Facts of Life. And she leaves the Drummond household to go care for several teenage girls who attend a private school in Peekskill, New York. So the show started airing in 1979 and she struck, stuck with it until the eighth season. And she had to kind of bow out until she had health problems. So she was born Charlotte Ray Lobotsky in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in 1926, and then moved to New York City, performing in Broadway plays like the Three Penny Opera and Lil Abner after picking up two Tony Opera. uh, She later picked up two Tony nominations in 1966 for Best Featured Actress in a Music actress in a musical in Pickwick, and in 1969, Best Actress in a Play in Morning, Noon, and Night. She landed a role in the Woody Allen comedy Bananas and TV shows like The Partridge Family and All in the Family. So she will be missed. Really, really missed. Who doesn't remember Mrs. Garrett? Who didn't play the facts of life when you were little? Maybe you didn't. We did. (laughs) So in any case, well done, Mrs. Garrett. Well done, Charlotte Ray. You will be missed. I will be back soon with more media, tech, and pop culture news. Cheers. Okay, welcome back. So remember, we have been talking, if you've been watching the live stream that I do, Mediascope, on Wednesdays, we talked about MoviePass last week on the third anniversary show. Yeah, we had our third anniversary, forgot to tell you guys. But MoviePass had a little bit of issue, right? I don't know who thought that that was a sustainable model to, for $10, get as many movies as you want. Um, yeah, not so sustainable. And so there was talk of them raising their prices to $14.95. But now, today, according to TechCrunch, MoviePass is planning to keep their plans at $10, but they're limiting subscribers to three movies a month. So this is very interesting, and I would be interested to know how people feel about it that have movie uh, movie pass. So things are going to stay at $9.95. So again, they're shifting from the unlimited plan to three movies a month. And beyond that, they're going to offer up to a $5 discount for any additional movie tickets. So that means you can see three movies a month for that $10. But if you want to see more, you get a $5 discount. Again, still wondering about this... Uh, salience of this business plan, but I digress. So the company says that their newly updated plans will include many first run uh, films from studios, 
note many, that doesn't mean all, a wording that appears to confirm MoviePass's plans to limit access to certain blockbusters, which is a trend that began with the latest Mission Impossible film. For the time being, however, it's agreed to suspend peak pricing and ticket verification to help appease existing users who are migrated over to the new plan. They also added that because only 15% of MoviePass users see four or more movies a month, they expect that the new subscription model will have no impact whatsoever on over 85% of subscribers. And that's likely true according to TechCrunch. And $10 a month is still, to be honest, really a good good deal to see three movies in the theater. Um, But the unlimited plan is what hooked many users in the first place. Who wouldn't want to? I would be in the movie every damn day if I had $10 a month and I could see whatever I wanted. So um, a number of competitors have also embraced the movie pass model and that initial wave of popularity. So for example, AMC theaters launched their own in-house version of the plan and cinema offers something more akin to the new movie pass model, which includes two movies a month for $9.95 which is still good. That's still good. You're still getting your money's worth. MoviePass, however, maintains that this latest move will help ease some of the extreme growing pains it's experienced in the sur- in, as the service has taken off, burning a massive sum of cash in the process. They burned through millions with this. So let me know what you think. Are, do you have MoviePass? Are you upset that now your MoviePass access is or access to certain movies I should say is being throttled. Do you say, well, that's still a good price, $9.95 for three movies? And then you get a $5 discount off of some of the others. So even if you go to see a blockbuster, go see it during the day where the movie uh, ticket price may be like eight to $10 and you get $5 off. So it's not, not so bad, but let me know what you think. I'm one to talk cause I don't have movie pass, but I want to hear from you. Okay. I'll be back soon. Cheers. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Apple and InfoWars. They have followed the lead of Google and Facebook, according to TechCrunch, by removing InfoWars, which is a conspiracy theorist organization helmed by Alex Jones, and it's removed from its iTunes and podcast apps. So unlike Google and Facebook, which removed four InfoWars videos on the basis that the content violated its policies, Apple's actions are wider reaching. They have withdrawn all episodes of five of InfoWars six podcasts from its directory of content, leaving just one, a show called Real News with David Knight. These removals were first spotted on Twitter, and then later Apple confirmed that it took action on the account uh, on the because of the use of hate speech, which violates its content guidelines. And this is what they said. Apple does not tolerate hate speech, and we have clear guidelines that creators and developers must follow to ensure we provide a safe environment for all of our users. Podcasts that violate these guidelines are removed from our directory, making them no longer searchable or available for download or streaming. We believe in representing a wide range of views. So as long as people are respectful to those with differing, as long as so long as those people are respectful to those with differing opinions, according to a spokesperson for Apple. So this uh, also comes as streaming services Spotify and Stitcher removed InfoWars on account of its use of hate speech. What do you think about this? 
I, I'm really, I really want to know from you all what you think. Uh, first of all, if you're not, are you even familiar with who Alex Jones is and, um, Infowars? Again, conspiracy theory and often conspiracy theory is not rooted in truth. So, uh, not only are, may you be spreading things that are half-truths or untrue, you're also inciting action on uh, the part of some with the, this type of conspiracy theory uh, site, podcast, and video series. So let me know what you think. Do you think this is a, a squashing of freedom of speech? Let me know. I'd love to know. I'm, I'll tell you how to contact me in, a, in the next post. Okay, cheers. Okay, now it's time to Airbnb it a little bit. Let's talk about them. Business travelers are a huge part of Airbnb's business. Well, if maybe if not huge, they're an increasingly important part of their business. According to a new blog post, they say that Airbnb for work, which launched in 2014, has seen bookings triple from 2015 to 2016, and then triple again from 2016 to 2017. In fact, Airbnb says that almost 700,000 companies have signed up for and booked with Airbnb for work. So interestingly, The breakdown of companies working with Airbnb for traveler lodging are quite diverse. Employees from large enterprise companies, which is 5,000 plus employees, and employees from startups and um, SMBs, one to 250 employees, take a 40-40 split with the final 20% of Airbnb for work bookings going to mid-sized companies. In July of 2017, Airbnb started making its listings available via SAP Concur, which is a tool used by large by a large number of business travelers. Airbnb says that this integration has been a huge help to growing Airbnb for work, with Concur seeing a 42% increase in employees expensing Airbnb stays from 2016 to 2017. And 63% of Concur's Fortune 500 clients have booked a business trip on Airbnb. This represents a shift in terms of the way that companies are thinking about lodging. Think about that. Whenever before, when it was for, uh, when you went away for business, most of the time you're talking about staying in a hotel. And by and large, I'm sure the traditional hotel setup is what most companies go with. But this is interesting that increasingly more and more people are using Airbnb for work. Cheaper, maybe? Just saying. So hotels are going to really have to compete for dollars. And it's not just private dollars. We're now talking about enterprise as well. So the growth has picked up, but Holyoke still sees Holyoke, who is, um, uh, sorry, David Holyoke, who's the global head of business travel at Airbnb still sees Airbnb for work as an opportunity to grow. And it still has more growth to do. He said that the Airbnb for work listings only represent 15% of all Airbnb trips, but the introduction of boutique hotels and other amenity driven listings, such as those on Airbnb plus are paving the way for business travelers to lean towards Airbnb instead of a business hotel. So tell me, would you, be uh, amenable or apt to stay at an Airbnb listing for business. As I, as they said, there are more boutique hotels and other types of 
business listings that have more amenities? Would you do that as opposed to a regular hotel? Or are you so beholden to your hotel points? You're like, "Mm, no, let me know. And that, you know what? I bet you there's an Airbnb point system coming sometime soon. If they can work that out, let me know. Cheers. All of you Trekkies out there, you probably heard the news. And for those of us that just think Patrick Stewart is everything, he's returning to Star Trek and he's going to continue the story of Jean-Luc Picard. Patrick Stewart is 78 years old and he's an English actor known for his role in the X-Men franchise. And he's set to take the character's story further in a new CBS All Access, in the new CBS All Access series, which does not have a title or release date. Of course, it's on in a paywall behind CBS All Access. How nice for the rest of us. Anyway, Stewart announced the news when he made a surprise appearance at the annual Star Trek convention in Las Vegas, according to The Guardian. He says, I will always be proud to have been a part of Star Trek The Next Generation, but when we wrapped that final movie in the spring of 2002, I truly felt my time with Star Trek has run its natural course. So it's unexpected, therefore, but a delightful surprise to find myself excited and invigorated to be returning to Jean-Luc Picard and to explore new dimensions within him. He went on to say that during these past years, it has been humbling to hear stories about how the next generation brought people comfort, saw them through difficult periods in their lives, or how the example of Jean-Luc Picard inspired so many to follow in his footsteps. The executive producer will be Alex Kurtman, who is currently the showrunner of Star Trek Discover, which is set to return in January for those of you hungering for another Star Trek fix. I'm I'm excited, not as excited because it's going to be on CBS All Access <laughs> because I refuse to pay for it. But for those of you that have a CBS All Access, um, are you excited? Are you willing to get CBS All Access because you're interested in this new series starring Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard? Or are you... Do you not care? Anyway, let me know in any case. I look forward to hearing from you. Cheers. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the stories I had for you today. Be sure to listen every time I have something up and you can also feel free to watch me live on Periscope and Facebook live and also Instagram live on Wednesdays. So on Instagram live, we do the pre-show for Mediascope at five ish PM. I'm not going to say five exactly because sometimes it's after, but at 6 PM, uh, we are on Periscope and Facebook live simultaneously. So You can find me on Periscope and Twitter um, at Tachiada, at T-A-C-H-I-A-D-A. And you can watch the stream either one of those ways. And you can go to the Mediascope page on Facebook and watch the Facebook Live. On Instagram, I am Dr. D-R underscore Tachi. So feel free to follow me in any of those ways and watch and engage with Mediascope. Don't just watch, engage. I love to hear from the audience. Speaking of which, if you have a story or, you know, story idea or something you want to hear covered on Mediascope, drop me a line either on one of these recording apps or you can uh, reach me, tweet at me at Tachiada, T-A-C-H-I-A-D-A and let me know. I would love to hear from you. All right. Well, I hope that you have a productive rest of your day or a good morning or a good afternoon, depending on where you are in the world. Okay. Cheers.